Welcome to the Two Principles Podcast, the ultimate destination for principals, leaders, and educators. That's right. We're diving deep into the important stuff, the ups and downs of mental health, the secrets to managing stress effectively, figuring out that elusive work-life balance, and mastering the art of being an effective leader. So sit back, relax, and get ready to embark on an incredible journey with us as we explore the fascinating world of life and leadership. So whether you're a principal, leader, a busy parent, educator, or someone on a mission to make a positive impact in the world, this podcast is for you. The Two Principles Podcast, life and leadership talk inside and out. A better you makes for a better today. It starts with you. One, two, three, four. Hi, I'm Lainey Rao, and I am grateful to be hanging with Two Principles. Oh, man. Grateful. Gratitude. I love it. So, Lainey, where where do you uh, reside? Where are you coming to us from? I am coming to you from Huntington Beach, California. What's the weather like there today? I always (laughs) like to ask the weather question. You know, when I when people find out I live in Southern California, that's a very common first question. So we had a ton of rain last week. It was epic rain, but yeah. it's actually like really lovely outside, sunny. And so for if you're somewhere where it's not sunny, I'm sorry. It's really lovely here. <laughs> did you did you uh is that where you grew up? Is that where you've always uh reside? I have always lived in Southern California. And so yes, I have thin blood. I wear lots of scarves and jackets when I go other places when I'm traveling for work. It's like bundle up. I've had people ask like, do you have a wool coat? Yes, I have a wool coat. I travel, but I wouldn't have it. That that part of California, was that that the part that got uh, like the massive flooding? I mean, it was... We had a lot of, yeah, there was, there were a lot of lakes and rivers (laughs) that we don't normally have. So it was interesting, but everyone was safe. So it was good. That's good. That's good. That's awesome. Well, you know, we're, we're, we're the two principals here in Minnesota and uh, actually today, you know, we've had actually above normal uh, weather today. What was today, Kevin? I don't even know. Uh, It's like 43. We've had had no snow this year. We've had like two inches of snow this entire winter. So it's been very weird. Last week, it was like 57 degrees. Yeah. Typically it could be like negative 20 right now. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we're (laughs) feeling good. I don't know if these are really great lighting situations you have, but I see natural lighting, what appears to be at least for both of you. No, mine's not natural, actually. Mine's mine's artificial. So Okay. If you can send me the Amazon link to your (laughs) green light, I would love it. Yeah, he spends a lot of money on that stuff. He's got to make himself look good, you know. Yeah, I got to keep my head shiny. <laughs> uh, funny. Hey, Kev, are you ready to go, pal? I'm ready, man. Let's uh, let's raise that frequency today. Yeah, let's go spread some good out in the podcast universe. Hey, episode two P sixty two. Wherever you are checking in with us today, we are super excited that you're hanging out with us today, and super pumped up to have Lainey Rowell on the show today. I'm Jason Paris. I'm Kevin Jost. And we are the two principals. Hey, if this is your first time tuning into the 2P pod, we appreciate you checking us out. If you have been here before, thank you for coming back. Uh, We would love for you to follow, subscribe, rate our show, spread the word to your friends about the message that we're putting out there. And uh, ultimately, just thanks for tuning in today. Yes, we are two living, breathing principals, hanging out, enjoying life, trying to get better at what we do every day. Kevin and I are on our journey, and hopefully you are on your journey to a healthier and happier you, one step at a time, one conversation at a time. Really quick, 
You can find us on the web, twoprinciples.com. There you can find a weekly blog. We put that out every Sunday. It's a topic that helps Kevin and I, and hopefully it's helping you. And you can also interact with us on all our social media accounts at Two Principles. We love to connect and follow and just see all the great things that are going on out there in the universe. So, Lainey, super pumped, I told you. I It's almost like, you know, you have certain people that you get on the show and you're like, yeah, I'm really excited to talk to uh, to Lainey today. And so, and I'm really actually excited to know what's your walk-up song? I actually have several, which sounds kind of ridiculous, but I just love to use music at the beginning of professional learning or any time. It just like really can impact that mood in a positive way. So my go-to would be Beautiful Day, YouTube. Okay, I'm going to play that in the background as I introduce Lainey. Okay, here we go. So we'll keep that kind of low so I can uh, talk over it and we're going to just listen to that. That's great. Hey, we are excited to have Lainey Rowell on the show today. Like you said, Jason, I'm going to try not to butcher this intro. Okay. Lainey is a best-selling author, award-winning educator, and TEDx speaker. She is dedicated to human flourishing, focusing on community building, social emotional learning, and honoring what makes each of us unique and dynamic through learner-driven design. She earned her degree in psychology and went on to earn postgraduate degrees in education. An international keynote speaker, Lainey has presented in 41 states as well as in dozens of countries across four continents. As a consultant, Lainey's client list ranges from Fortune 100 companies like Apple and Google to school districts and independent schools. During her more than 25 years in education, Lainey has taught elementary, secondary, and higher education. She also served in a district-level leadership position, supporting 22,000 students and 1,200 teachers at 33 schools. She is the author of Evolving with Gratitude, the lead author of Evolving Learner, and a contributing author of Because of a Teacher. Her latest, Bold Gratitude, the journal designed for you and by you, is an innovative and interactive gratitude journal that empowers individuals of all ages to embrace their unique preferences and express gratitude in their own way. There you go. There you go. I tell you what, Lainey, I actually said this to Jason today. I read your bio, you know, a week ago or whatever, and I was looking at all this stuff, and I asked him, I said, how did you get her to get our heart show? Well, I, I thank you for that. It was a very generous intro by both of you. And I'm a fan of the show. I listen. I know you have oh, great cool. guests, and I'm I'm honored to be among them. I feel like I've been initiated that's, into a club. That's very uh, cool. We appreciate. Glad that. you're part of the club. Hey, we had your you have a you're good friends with uh, George Kiros, right? You know George. Yes, I am. Well, you got all you got all excited. You did a pretty good job too by reading that uh, intro there. You got oh, a little I nervous. I was nervous. I was I nervous. You were. You did oh, a good job. Yeah. Well, you know it's so fun, and being a podcaster. I know what it's like when you get to interview people that you might know really well or people that you're just meeting. And that's that's yeah. definitely a different thing. So I always have a little bit more anxiety when it's someone I haven't met because mm -hmm. are we going to vibe? Are they going to feel like it's a good hang? Like I want to make sure they're super happy with it. And so I can relate to it's just it's a little different when you haven't had a chance. And we know each other through the socials, but yeah. first time live chatting and yeah. I'm honored to be I here know. with you. Very cool. Very cool. Loving all that stuff. Hey, we have the random question of the show, Lainey. So this is, Kevin always gives me a hard time on this because he's like, what dumb question are you going <laughs> to pose today? 
I think I have a dumb one here today. So this is for you. This, we'll all answer this question, but this is a would you rather question. Would you rather have a permanent cheesy grin or a permanent poker face? Oh. <laughs> Do I go first or are you guys going yeah, you first? Can go first? You can go first. You can go first, yeah. That is so tough. First of all, I think I'm already option A, permanent cheesy grin all the time anyway. So I don't know. Maybe to mix it up, I would have a poker face. Let's let's go with that. I'll I'll okay. mix it up. Okay. Jason, how about you? You know, I don't know. I think I I, I I think I do have sometimes I got that permanent cheesy grin on my face. I think I, I might go with a poker face. Just with the with the um all the things we do during the day as a principal mm -hmm. and all the people we interact with and all the emotions that happen, maybe just that poker face would, uh, you know, be good sitting at a table, uh, having a difficult conversation with a poker face on. I'm, I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to go cheesy grin and hopefully the reason would be the, the, the result would be people would feel a little bit more at ease. <laughs> or they're looking at you like, like what's wrong park. with you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Either way. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding, Cap. Hey, how, uh, ladies, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, how amazing would it be if you actually could just flip that switch and just yeah. be like, I'm going to yes. put on the grin just to make people at ease and comfortable. And then, okay, now I'm going to switch it to poker face because I feel like what is going to come at me, I should not be able to show in my face. <laughs> right. Sure. Absolutely, for sure. for sure. Love that. Let's let's jump into some questions. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll we'll turn things a little bit more serious. Um, why don't you just tell us, Lainey, just in general, how did you get into your current position, um, your, your leadership consultant position, your instructional coach position, your your speaking, um, podcasting, just all of it. I mean, you're a former educator. Um, how did that transition happen, and and uh, when did it happen, and and kind of give us a little background. Yeah. So educator at heart forever. And I was actually, I, I think this came up in my bio, I was a psych major. And in that part of my education, you need to do field hours. I was placed in a school and that was that. I wanted to be an educator. So I changed lanes without signaling and I uh, went into as an elementary teacher, I first taught uh, kindergarten, then sixth grade, then first grade, then second grade, opened up a brand new school. There were a lot of really interesting things along the way. There's a through line of me not saying no to opportunities that I was terrified of. Uh, and that has always served me incredibly well. And so that was part of what really pulled me out of my district position, which I loved, obviously loved my time in the classroom where I had that constant contact with kids. And I still do have a good amount of contact, not as much as when I was in the classroom. But there's this through line of I wanted to really improve climate and culture. And that's something that I've always mm. really been focused on, no matter what my role is. But really switching like out of the district position came when Apple offered me a position as a as a national speaker for them. So I was doing professional learning for Apple, did some consulting for Google, and so that was kind of what had me stepping away from my district position. Okay, okay. What's your favorite? What's your favorite thing about about what you're currently doing? Every day is different, and I think you could say that about being a. I mean, for sure, being a principal, being a classroom <laughs> teacher, every day is different, and. It's, it's just a different kind of different in that I am not in the same location 
necessarily two days in a row. So I travel a lot. And so that's, that's kind of it. But I mean, there's the pros and the cons, right? Sure. Kevin, can I ask a follow up on this one? When when you, how did you get involved with like Apple and Google? Is that something you aspired to be? Or did did somebody come in and tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, we've heard you or we want to hear you. We want you to start speaking to, you know, our company. Yeah, it's still that like through line of just not saying no or stopping when I'm scared. And so I was. I was an Apple, I am an Apple distinguished educator and Mm -hmm. I was speaking at a conference and it just so happened that one of the decision makers in Apple professional learning was there and they heard me speak and they said, we'd like you to come. You have to audition. It was really interesting. They flew me to Iowa. I did a training with the head person watching me the whole time. She's lovely. Shout out to Ray. And yeah, that one thing led to another and I ended up asking my district for a leave because I was very nervous about stepping yeah. away from a sure. very wonderful district position. I think I was the only leave they granted that year. It was very generous of them. And at the end of that year, I said, I'm going to remain a consultant. It was very, very difficult because I loved my time in the classroom. I loved my time at the district office. That kind of leads into what I was going to ask. What, what what do you miss? What do you miss about being in, being in the classroom or being in that district leadership position? Definitely the continuity of relationships. So again, it's a lot of different. Now I do have some ongoing relationships. I'm a consultant for Orange County Department of Ed. It's like eight or nine years going on that. So those relationships are continuous. I have districts and schools that are clients for years and years. And sometimes I don't hear from them for a little while and they're like, yay, we get to bring you back. And I'm excited to return. But it's definitely the continuity of relationships, I think would probably be what I would say is the the thing I miss the most. Okay. How about this? Your transition from the classroom, from the district leader, leadership position to, to what you're currently doing. What, what have you learned about yourself in that process? Oh, what have you discovered? I'm braver than I thought I was. I am more determined than I realized. And I also need a lot of affirmation. <laughs> Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and there's things that when you have those continuous relationships, that continuity, you you know, you have that feeling of I'm being you know, appreciated and I'm in this community and that sense of belonging. And so sometimes that's I realize, oh, I need that and I need to make sure and nurture relationships, whether it's personal or professional. I need to have those relationships. I mean, we know relationships, social connection is mm-hmm. one of the biggest factors yeah. in well, in mental well-being and physical well-being mm-hmm. for that matter. Mm-hmm. Okay. Absolutely. Good. Love it. I want to talk, Lainey, a little bit about uh, just, you know, we're going to get into some more of mental health, physical health. We'll get into that piece, but I just want to talk about when you think of your overall health. I know when Kevin and I started this, we've been on our journey for about nine years and we've made major changes to our, you know, Kevin's made major changes in his life. I've made major changes in my life. And now we're out, we're we're principals, we're leaders here in the state of Minnesota. We're talking about it. Uh, We're really trying to get the word out about, you know, taking care of self and prioritizing yourself and all that stuff. But when you think of your overall health, what does being a leader in your health and wellness look like to you? Ooh, well, it's definitely about modeling and not saying one thing and doing the other. It's real easy to say, have good sleep hygiene and then go to bed at 
1 a.m. and wake up at 5 a.m. It's it's really easy to say, be mindful of the things that you consume and be downing a Snickers bar at the same time. Or, (laughs) you know, there's so many things and no one's perfect and we need grace and we need that room to be human and make mistakes. But it really is trying to not just say, hey, gratitude is a hugely important thing, but hopefully people see that in me and that that's like every interaction that they have with me, they know that that's not just something I talk about. It's not just fleeting emotion that I have once in a while. It's my disposition and it's where I come from. And hopefully that's something that helps other people when it's right for them, bring that into their lives. So there's there's so many. Also, I really appreciate the unique and dynamic in everyone. So Mm -hmm. I can say this is what I want to do for exercise, but I would never be prescriptive and say this is what it should look like for everyone else. It's really, whether we're talking about learning or lifestyle, we have to be thinking about, well, these are, yes, there's some universals. We know, you know, what we eat is important, how we sleep and exercise. We know there are certain things that are just universals, but how you do that specifically for you is incredibly personal. And as mm-hmm. unique and dynamic individuals, that can change over time, right? So mm-hmm. I like that. I like that's that's great. And it's I think it's great advice just for people in general to know. Because a lot of times, you know, that's why I think where people struggle. And I think I when I started out, I struggled because it was like it had to be prescriptive and it was gonna be oh, this person's doing it this way and I gotta do it that way. But after time, when you start actually, you know, for me it was a lot of um uh checking in with myself and I had to check in a mental or I was gonna say a, a mental therapist, a mental health yeah. therapist, and spent some time and really going inward with myself, but then realizing as you do that, how I do that and what that looks like, I really gotta, you know, be really in tune with myself to know this is what works for me, this is what doesn't work for me, and it might be different. And I loved how you said that. That really resonated with me. Um habits. Uh, You know, there's a lot of science about, you know, creating positive habits, you know, putting those habits into practice. But how do you, you're very successful. You're doing a lot of great things. Um, Like I said, you just read your bio, just talking to you, you follow on social media, you listen to your podcast, you're very successful in what you do. But what what advice or how do you create those positive habits that, that you would share with someone else? I'm happy to share that. I do want to give you a heads up that the podcaster in me is really fighting the resist, like the urge to ask you all questions. So I, I would invite you to maybe share as well after I'm done sharing my sure. thoughts on that, if that's yeah. okay. Yeah. It's a podcaster in me. I'm sorry. For sure. So I think it's about mindsets and habits. And when it comes to thinking about how do I make the most positive change and sustain it in my life? I really go back to James Clear, excuse me, James Clear and him talking about consistency over intensity. And, you know, we're recording this towards the beginning of the year. New Year's happens. And I'm not a big New Year's resolution person because I think they tend to be about intensity. And what I care more about is consistency. So I'm trying to think about like, what are the small things that I can do over time that will have a huge impact, not necessarily right away, but over time. So that's one thing I want to think about. How can I do things consistently well? 
And then the other like just habit trick that I have, I actually learned from Katie Milkman and it's called temptation bundling. And Hmm. what temptation bundling is, is you combine one thing that you really need to do, but don't necessarily look forward to. And you merge it with something that would just make you so excited about doing it. Like I can't, I can't wait to do this. So for me, podcasts are huge. I listen to dozens of podcasts. I mean, not every week, but there's, if you looked at my library, it's impressive. Um, the, The quantity. And so I want to tell myself, and this is what I do. You can listen to podcasts when you're on the treadmill, when you're at the gym. And when I put those two things together, I am more excited to go to the gym because I know that I get to listen to two principles or, you know, there's a, there's a whole, I can list other podcasts, but it's something that gets me motivated to do the thing that I might not always be as excited about doing. That's a good tip. I like that. That's a very good tip. So I can eat ice cream on the treadmill. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm not going to do it. You could, because if that's the way, if that's how it makes you feel, I mean, that's how you got to do it, Kevin, yeah, if that's no, what it's going to make you feel. You know, no, for me, I love that you talked about the small things because there's, there's this saying, and I don't even know where it comes from or who said it, but um, I, I have this kind of this mantra for myself of we are what we consistently do. Like that, that's, that's just who we are. And, and, and if you're somebody who's consistently, with poor sleep hygiene and you're, you're consistently going to bed at, at 1am. Well, then you are consistently tired in the morning. <laughs> so, um, I love that. And, and for me, I don't have any tips and tricks like that. I'm, I'm more of a, you know, I don't play golf, but I'm more of a, a, a grip it and rip it kind of guy. Like I just, I just, I pride myself on having extremely strong, um, willpower, like conviction. Um, I get up at three thirty AM every day that's when I work out. And so now I've done it for so long. It is a habit and, and it doesn't bother me, but, um, it was at first, it was hard, but I'm more of a, the harder it is, I think the more excited I get to do it. So, um, that's my, that's kind of my, my take on trying to create habits. I don't know. Jason, how about you? Yeah. I I go back to what Lainey said. It's the mindset piece of it. And there's so much, out there about your thoughts. Obviously your thoughts are energy, but the the powerful impact of what you are thinking or saying to yourself. And for me, that's where it starts. I mean, I really have to be uh, cognizant of how I'm talking to myself and what am I putting out into the universe. And so that energy, it starts with that mindset piece of it. And then it, it to me, it's just, it's doing things just, you know, uh, one step at a time, you know, it, it doesn't need to be this huge grandiose thing. It's just, if I can start making a positive movement and feeling good about that, celebrating it along the way. Cause I think a lot of times it's that whole instant gratification versus delayed gratification. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants that instant stuff. Nobody wants to work, uh, you know, and, and see that, you know what, you might, you might, you might fumble through it. You might, you know, it might not go the greatest that's okay, but keep going and keep that consistency going. I think those are things that, and that I would say, and just to also, you know, like for me, it's like, even when I don't want to get up and I don't want to work out, I know I don't want to do that, but I'm not, I, I just go down. And then when I'm talking to myself, I'm just like, Hey, you're doing a great job. Way to go. Way to, way to get up and way to go. Just those little things like that, I think help me to create those positive habits. And that's where it starts for me. So, yeah. 
positive habits, all the things we want to do. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, like, like you said, James Cleaver, with atomic habits um, yeah. and creating mm-hmm. those, creating those, those, those are, you know, so powerful and so uh, important. I want to, I want to shift into gratitude um, and maybe the science, you, you know, the science behind it. I mean, this is something that um, not only do you, you've studied, you, you live it out and this is who you are. There's a lot of people out there though, that, I mean, you know, and I can say this, I, I practice gratitude. That's something that I've been working on now, um, for, I don't know, the last three, four years is just having a gratitude practice. Um, and what that looks like for me is might be very different from other people, but sometimes when I bring up gratitude or there's that people have that, Oh, you're just, Oh, you're, you just think that that's going to help, you know, save your life and all this other stuff, or they might not, they might not take it as, uh, as what it is. And there's people out there that, uh, I'm going to poo poo that that's, that's not, that's not it. But I'm trying to talk more about gratitude and, um, just bringing it in. We have this year, we're doing 190 days of gratitude in our building and we're talking about it and, uh, putting stuff out there and, and, and all that stuff. But what, you know, to the person out there that says, you know, I, I don't know about this gratitude thing. Why should someone practice gratitude? Let's start there. And maybe you can talk about the science behind it too. Yeah. So the three big benefits, and I always just try and be locked and loaded with this because it's, I really want to be like straight to the point. And so what we know about gratitude is it improves well-being, it nurtures relationships, and it actually activates learning. And if you want a bonus, when you put it out there, it actually makes the world a better place. And so those are pretty strong reasons to consider mm-hmm. gratitude. Now, when you ask people what does gratitude mean to them, you're going to get a variety of different answers. I lean to Dr. Robert Emmons. He is the world's leading science of gratitude expert. His definition of gratitude is noticing the good. There's two parts to it. Noticing the good And then also recognizing that the source is often someone outside of myself. And that's not to be confused with gratitude means be self-effacing and I never did anything good. It's just been these blessings in my life. Mm -hmm. But to really notice. And to me, I think the hardest thing is to notice because I think we live in a time where it's never been more easy to live a distracted life. We have, you know, I can't remember who first said it, but the dopamine casinos in our pocket. And don't get me wrong. Mm. I love technology. Obviously, I worked for Apple for many years and I see so much benefit in what those devices can do to help us connect, to help us learn. But it's just so easy to be distracted. And so one of the the <laughs> first steps actually in the process of gratitude is to notice And Dr. Andrea Husong and her team at the University of North Carolina have a protocol, notice, think, feel, and do. And those are the elements of the gratitude. Those are like the essential elements of the gratitude experience. And I would say to anyone who's like, I don't know if this gratitude is for me, start by just noticing Like really pay attention to what is going well around because we all get preloaded. We're all equipped with a negativity bias. It's a huge barrier to Mm. gratitude because our brains are wired to automatically and exponentially notice the bad instead of the good. And so 
just thinking about what's right right now. Like what's good in my circumstances and the people that I get to work with and the kids that I get to learn with really just noticing is the first step. So, and there's a lot more science to it, but I just wanted to give a little bit of like, here's the definition and here's a protocol that you can do any practice you want. You'll probably go through the notice, think, feel, do to get the most out of it. Okay. Hey, I, that, that's phenomenal. I, I love what you said there and so powerful. And, you know, and I think until somebody actually starts practicing and, and doing it, you know, you, you can, if someone wants to be negative about it and say all that stuff, but I don't want to talk to somebody unless they have actually put it into practice and have done it because it, it is so powerful. And it, there's, I mean, there's so much immense research on it. And I love uh, in your books and, and what you've talked about it and how you bring it to a really practical and I think that's the word I would use. You, it's very practical. You know, you can get really sciencey, and we can do all that stuff, which I think you need. You need, but how can you bring it to the practical piece? And that. So I want to. With that, I'm sitting here mumbling around. Usually, I'm not this mumbler today, but I'm mumbling around. Plus, I got my dog over here looking at me like he wants attention, and I'm like, just leave me alone. I thought um, I heard an unhappy camper over there. Yeah, there was, but yeah. I think he's going to be fine now. But how can? So let's go back to a little bit of the routines and habits. So how could gratitude be integrated into a daily routine or habits? Yeah. And this is where, you know, being it, how we're unique and dynamic comes into play because what would work for me doesn't necessarily work for you, Jason, or you, Kevin. And it's interesting. The science of gratitude has only been around for less than three decades. I mean, Dr. Robert Evans was like the guy who started it and talk sure. about like what brought him to gratitude. It wasn't his choice. It was like, it was in his, uh, I think it was in his PhD program where they had to pick topics and gratitude was what was left. <laughs> and he, <laughs> he ended up doing all the research on it because going back to what you were saying, Jason, it's like people, sometimes people hear gratitude and they roll their eyes like, oh boy, you know, okay, Pollyanna, get over yourself. But <laughs> But it was really interesting to me that someone is like, you know, sometimes topics choose you, you don't choose them. And that's really how it was for me in gratitude. I'll mm. even go back to like, how did I come to take this deep dive on gratitude? And it started with a day that, you know, stands out to a lot of us, March 13th of 2020. That was the day mm -hmm. that my first book launched. I had been anticipating that day for five years and it happened to be the day that the world shut down. Oh, wow. And you know, two things can be true at once. Like I'm heartbroken, I'm devastated, I'm crushed. And there's also more important things going on in the world than a book launch. Sure. So, mm -hmm. so I'm dealing with that and there's a healthy pity party happening over here and just champagne problems really, because my kids are safe, my husband's safe. Like we have enough paper products, the frizz, the fridge is stocked, the freezer is stocked. You know, we were not in dire straits. But I was bummed and there was mm -hmm. like a week of full pity party. And I mean, I think we were all dealing with a lot that week. And then about a week into it, I come across Laura Kelly Finucci's poem, When This Is Over. And I, I never do the poem justice, but you know, it, it goes into the things that we took for granted, handshake with a stranger, full shelves at the store, you know, the roar of a crowd, a theater on a Friday night. You know, I'm not doing it justice, but it's all these things, even the rush of the morning, you know, getting out in the morning. Mm -hmm. And 
it really, really impacted me. And I thought, oh my goodness, not only have I been taking so many things for granted before March 13th of 2020, but I'm taking things for granted right now. I can have a meal with my entire family without a rush. I can do yoga at 10.30 on a Thursday morning with my kids. Like there was, it, you know, you can now look back at it and 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 there was truly tragedy. And I'm so sad for anyone who yep. lost someone and, and just so many horrific things happened. But I can look back and go, wow, that was an incredible time in our lives in some ways. And so it was a call to action to, okay, you really need to be paying attention. You need to be noticing what mm -hmm. is the good, not just what is the bad. And we started as a family, we started doing a gratitude journal at night. Here's where it gets fun, friends. No one agrees on when you should do your gratitude practice or how often you should do your gratitude practice. And this is where I feel like you get full permission to do what works best for you. This is timeless wisdom backed by science. And there's some really innovative ways we can do this now. And so we started by doing it as a family, journaling at night which is a lovely way to train your brain to wake up in a different state. Mm -hmm. It is truly wonderful. Some people like to do it when they wake up in the morning. Magic. I mean, that's a great way to start your day, right? So there's no one time of day to do it. And there's not one certain way to do it. Journaling has extensive research to support it. It does not actually have to be handwritten. Although some people will swear that that is better. There is research that says that you can type it and it'll be fine too. And that's why when we did, I, you know, Bold Gratitude, which you mentioned earlier, I did that mm -hmm. with my friend Allison Liu. And the whole point was to universally design a gratitude journal. And I say in the very beginning, don't feel like writing today? Pull out the voice memo app. Do a video recording. Do it in some way. Get into the concrete language. So we want to notice, think, feel, do. We want to put it into concrete language. And there's a ton of choice about how you could do it. I've got a ton of different protocols. That's why I had to do the journal. There's so many protocols <laughs> that you could do. Yeah. And so I encourage people to try out different ones. Mental subtraction is a great one. And any of these that you want me to like give more specifics on, I'm happy to. But there's so many different protocols. They're all going to go roughly with the notice, think, feel, do. But it can look pretty different. Mm -hmm. I'm, I love that you mentioned, this is going to sound so silly because I'm like, how did I not ever make that connection? But if you struggle with, with gratitude, I think I struggle with gratitude. I, I, I think I do a decent job of, of noticing it, but I don't do a great job of feeling it and then doing something with it. And, but the, but the way you just mentioned, if you're struggling with what to be grateful for, well, think about all the things in your life that you, take for granted. And, and that was such a great example of when the pandemic started, all the tiny little things that you now get to do. I mean, I've never spent more time with my wife than, than those six months. I mean, that was amazing. Like, you know, and, and it, it just, it, it puts things in perspective. And, and so, um, I just love that that connection was, was there. It just seems, like I said, I seem, it seems silly that I didn't think about that before, but, um, yeah, that's good. I know, I know one of the things that I, I do put in practice every once in a while is we have a whiteboard in our kitchen and I will um, leave a message to my wife in the morning because she works from home and I'll just leave a message before I leave about something I'm grateful about. 
Um, and then she reads it and tells me I'm silly and go on about her day. But <laughs> I'm but guessing she, she absolutely she, loves it. No, she does. Yeah, she, does. she does. She does. And now a word about our partner, Healthwise Behavioral Health and Wellness. As a team of experienced licensed psychologists, clinical therapists, medical professionals, and mind-body practitioners, HealthWise offers a wide range of mental health services for individuals of all ages. HealthWise is grounded in a philosophy that considers the whole person. Located right here in Maple Grove, Minnesota, HealthWise is ready and able to assist you with becoming the best version of yourself. And now back to the show. So that's good. Uh, how about, you know, we talked about, Jason, do you have anything else with gratitude? I'm going to move on to the next question. Well, there, in the next question, there are some stuff that I want okay. to pull up for okay. gratitude. But yeah, let's, let's hit the next topic. We, like Jason said, you know, when, when he and I started this endeavor, a lot of it was focused on mental health and really just kind of a desire to kind of break that stigma down. Um you know, I have some people in my life that, that, that struggle with mental health and, and, um, and it's just thinking about the relationship with mental health and, and our job, we have a stressful job. Um, and, and, and again, really just trying to break the walls down. But when we talk about the term mental health, just in general, I mean, it means something different to everybody. What, what does that mean to you? What does mental health mean to you? You know, it's interesting. I would say if you said to me, Lainey, what does gratitude mean to you? Mm -hmm. Not the definition, but what does it mean to you? You'll get yeah. a different response from me probably every day because there's okay. just, it's going to hit differently at different times in my life. And I think also with mental health, because we can go off and we can list like, well, you know, we want to be doing, you know, things that are going to be beneficial physically, emotionally, intellectually, spiritually. We can get into those types of things. But I think for me, one of the things that I'm thinking about at this moment in my life is finding equilibrium. Hmm. And I had this, I mean, my podcast is, I, I hope you all find as much joy in your podcast. I feel like you do. I feel like I hear that when you're interviewing people. To me, it's one of the greatest joys when I get to interview people. And I had a chance to interview Dr. Robert Waldinger, and his episode came out today, and I wrote an article for Thrive about him. And so he's fresh on my mind. And one of the things he said in the interview, I actually asked him the question, what's the one thing that you can't say enough or that you, you haven't, you know, you would put it on billboards, you can't say it enough, or something that you've never really had a chance to say, but you want to say? And he said, the thing I can't say enough is that we are not supposed to be happy all the time. Mm. And I really appreciated that. And he went on to talk about how social media is perpetuating this belief that we should be happy all the time. And another person I had the chance to interview was Dr. Lori Santos from the Happiness Lab. And she is a professor for Yale teaching the science of well-being. Free course on Coursera, by her, by the yeah. way, for her, and I highly recommend it. And when I got a chance to chat with her, she was saying, you know, when there's something going on, it's normative to be anxious when there's things that are not right in our life. We are not meant to be happy all the time. And I constantly think about how Dr. Mark Brackett says, 
it's not that we have bad emotions. All emotions serve a purpose, right? They're signals, they're signposts, they're telling us, hey, this doesn't feel right, so you need to check this out. Or, hey, this this is working. Like, <laughs> lean yeah. into this. And so I think part of what mental health is, is accepting that we're not supposed to be happy all the time. Because I think when you tell yourself you have to be happy all the time, you are putting a lot of pressure on yourself. Mm -hmm. And when you see that in other people, you know, if that's showing up in your feed or if that's just showing up in some way, you're seeing that as everyone else around me is happy all the time. I think that has really harsh effects on us. And Jason, earlier you were talking kind of about the positive self-talk and the, you know, self-compassion. And this is something I am not great at. I'm working on it. But this is something that we see in our students, in our peers. This is something that has Mm -hmm. really, really harsh effects. And it's like, speak to yourself like you would speak to a friend. I forget who I heard Mm -hmm. say that for the first time. But I'm, I'm looking for this equilibrium and how can I don't need to be happy all the time. But how can I overall feel pleasant emotions? Mm-hmm. And how can I overall take a look at my life and say, I am happy with this life? Mm-hmm. And it's just, to me, that's why the word equilibrium seems to fit. Balance is a tricky one, right? Because balance, mm-hmm. uh, my daughter was studying something for math and I found her an online tutorial and, you know, it was about mixed equations and it's how like when you take something here, it's going to, you know, adjust the scale. Mm -hmm. But having that is in your mind, it has to be balanced. Like that is stressful to think about. Like it's got to be equal all the time. It's not going to be equal all the time. Mandy Fraley Mm -hmm. does a beautiful job about talking about this. So I think it's about on the whole, I'm feeling pleasant emotions on the whole I am happy with my life. I like that. And I like that you frame it. It's almost like you're, you're having a, having a positive relationship with your emotions and understanding. I love that you say that we're not, we're not designed to be happy all the time. And I I think, you know, from a, you know, kind of put your educator hat on what, what Jason and I see and it, and it breaks my heart is the pressure that I think young people are, are feeling right now because of social media the second that something's not going their way or they're not looking the way that they think they should look, it's, it's immediately they're suffering from anxiety. They're, they're shutting down. They, they can't function. Um, and it's just this, it's this competitive, just, just, it just destroys these kids. And, and so I I love that you pointed that out. And I, I just think that's a good, good, uh, good thing to keep in mind. Well, and I will tell you part of my own personal practice in case it helps anyone else is, and I really think Austin Cleon, he says, more search, less feed. And this is an older quote of his, and I think he was probably referring to Twitter, but I think it applies to all the socials. If I am going to, which I don't usually do, but if I'm going to spend any time just in my feed, Instagram is where I spend most of my time. Mm-hmm. I give myself three parameters. I can go there to learn something. I can go there to share something or to express gratitude. And when I have that mindset of that is what I'm here to do, I feel like it helps to remove the comparison hangover. I'm not here to judge what does my life look like next to so-and-so's life or so-and-so's life. The comparison I want to do is me against me. How am I doing against Laney a month ago? How am I doing against Laney a year ago? 
I don't want to compare myself to other people. So when I proactively go into social media, I'm here to learn, to share, to give gratitude. That is a much better experience for me. I like that. I want to go back. I had a thought when you talked about that you're kind of a catalyst for getting into this gratitude space. Talk to me about who Lainey was prior to that. Was was that was I mean were you just void of gratitude? Where what what was that like? I'm just I doubt curious. It. I doubt it too, but I just, I'm just curious. I feel like you would need to ask family and friends and okay, uh, okay. about that one. So you can rent, you can throw a poll out there on on X if you want to. But um, I don't want to know if you do that. Uh, I would say I would say I'm more intentional with it now. I'm more okay. mindful of it. Yeah. And one of the things that I try to do, and I am so far from perfect on it, but my goal is that any interaction someone has with me, they walk away feeling better Mm. than when they came Mm. to me. And that's not to negate if they're having unpleasant emotions. That's not to throw anything at them that they're not ready for or in a space for. It's me just saying, I'm going to do what I can do to make their lives better. And I really think about that expression, be a thermostat, not a thermometer. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's so profound to me. I just wrote an mm-hmm. article for Edutopia on that about a month ago. In fact, didn't Darren even mention it yeah. the last time he, he was on? He did. He did. Yeah. 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 So that's a, that's a big one for me because I feel like, again, it's not to be toxic positivity. It's not to push people into a space they're not ready to be, but this is where I'm coming from. And I want to try and help you if you're willing and receptive to it, feel even better. So simple. I love it. I love it. It's great. You know, as you talked about the whole piece of um, just being, and we're not always going to be happy, but it, it goes into that practice of Sometimes you do like, I'm, I'm not going to feel great all the time. And I practice gratitude and I, you know, I'm trying to always have a positive mindset and positivity because there's a lot of research on that. But then there's times when I, when I don't, but I think the key piece that you said, Lainey, and this is what I try to talk a lot about too, is just feel it, just mm-hmm. feel it, feel it, notice it, be with it. Um, don't hold on to it, but just feel it and just kind of let it work through your body naturally like it like it should like it should do. And I think that's the key piece when I keep hearing you say notice. I think that's the big thing is just notice notice it and let it just kind of work through your body. So I love yeah. it. Yeah. I think you really do have to pay attention to those signals and signposts. And I will say that for me, gratitude has not removed difficult situations, but it has definitely helped me get through those situations Mm -hmm. in a healthier, more productive way. Absolutely. Couldn't have said it any better. Hey, let's move into, um, I mean, not move into, but we're just going to kind of shift here. We, we talk about, you know, when Kevin and I started this, we were talking a lot about balance. And then as we were talking about it, we're like, this balance thing, it just doesn't work for us. And so when we were presenting uh, to the uh, Minnesota principals here uh, about a month ago, we started talking about integration, work-life integration. How do you integrate work and life? Because we were talking a lot about work-life balance. And I'm like, that's you really hard. Right. You're n- yeah. Right. It just So we, we talk a lot about the integration. How do you integrate your, your, your professional life, your personal life? And how does that come together 
to, you know, just more well-being and, and wellness, because it's not always going to be that balance. And you said that earlier. So let's talk a little bit about this. How do you integrate your work, uh, your work life and, and your personal life? How do you do that? And what does that look like for you? And what advice would you give educational leaders out there? Because there's a lot of principals out there, a lot of leaders out there. They, we struggle with this. So what would you say to that? Yeah, that equilibrium is, I think, again, what we're we're striving for. Because again, that word balance can be so tricky. And I think it sometimes conjures up the wrong idea in our mind. Like it's a 50-50 kind of situation. And I'll even go back to what that James Clear comment that I made about how he says it's about consistency over intensity. So I'm looking for... I'll give you an example. If I am traveling a lot for work, which I'm coming up on, I've got a lot of on the road time in the next three weeks, it's going to mean time away from my family. So I am making sure that on a consistent basis, we have our together time at night when I am home. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about things like when we're in the car driving and I may only get 10 minutes with them, I'm not going to turn on the radio. I'm going to use that as time that we are going to talk together. And, you know, maybe dinner together doesn't work out all the time because there's sports and there's, you know, work meetings and there's just things that happen. So I'm really trying to stay in that mindset of what can I consistently do and what are the small moves that are going to have a big impact? Those are the things that I'm trying to do. I want to feel that equilibrium. I want to feel like this is, this is healthy. This is good. I am fulfilled at work. I'm fulfilled at home. And I think that's going to look really different for everyone. Oh, for sure. And what what's coming across, what I'm hearing, uh, what's resonating with me as you're talking about your mindset, uh, intentionality, you're very intentional. Uh, and you've talked about that and how you can do that. Also, the, the piece that resonates a little bit that's coming out is that boundaries too, creating some some healthy boundaries from from work and from things. And you understand when you're on the road and you're doing that, that's what you're doing. But then when you're at home, you're very intentional in setting those boundaries up so you can, you know, put that into practice, which I think is so impactful. And when you think about yourself, you think about your family, you think about your job, that's the positive impact that you have because you're going to feel better and that's all going to go. Let's, let's talk a little bit about Lainey as a, just who you are a little bit. Like what is a, what's your What's your like morning routine look like? I want to, I always like to know people like, what does your morning routine look like? Are you, do you drink coffee, not drink coffee, whatever it is, but what do you do? Do you work out in the morning? Do you work out at night, but maybe your, your routine in the morning and what's your routine uh, at night? Yeah. Well, I'm not Kevin. I'm not up at three in the morning. I promise you that. Uh, either am I. <laughs> I'm not up in the morning. I it's do- very peaceful. It's, oh, I, yeah, I imagine it's a lot of quality alone time. <laughs> Most of the, the world is sleeping at their 3 a.m., but that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> so I, and, and Jason, thank you for pointing out intentionality. That's a big deal to me. That's a really big deal to me. I am someone who prefers to exercise in the morning. That is what I would prefer to do. That does not always work out. And again, James Clear has been, you know, the seminal work of Atomic Habits. If you get into the mindset of, I have to work out every morning, it mm -hmm. could backfire on you if you actually don't have a lifestyle that is conducive to that. And so mm -hmm. for you, Kevin, that works. For me, that would not work. And then I would just say, I didn't work out this morning. So 
I'm not going to work out today, right? Right. So I have to be somewhat flexible. And what I'm trying to do, and this is actually something new, this is something I I happen to be Catholic. We start Lent tomorrow. And so I'm Mm -hmm. using this as a fresh start. So I know I said I'm not big on New Year's resolutions, but I do like to find fresh starts that are meaningful to me. And so what I am doing is I've set up my habit tracker and I am going to make sure that I do something physical. Now that could be a walk around the block. Uh, Mm I'm going to make sure that I do something to, you know, nurture emotional, something intellectual, which by the way, is not a hard one for me because like you already saw, I said my temptation was listening to podcasts and this is not, this is not celebrity podcast. (laughs) Although those are a great time and don't even get me started on how much I love Smartless. But (laughs) we do too. We like Smartless too. (laughs) Huge fans. And by the way, yeah, yeah, Dak Shepard, armchair expert, Jason Bateman was on. I'm like, I just listened to his today. Yeah. I love him so much. Okay. He's he's my hall pass. I didn't say that. Anyway. uh, (laughs) (laughs) What happened? I think there was, the glitch in the audio. I do too. I have no idea what happened. I love <laughs> and it. Then, That's uh, fantastic. <laughs> and then spiritual. So I basically, again, going with, I want to be consistent, not intense. So if I had said to myself, okay, for Lent, because for Lent, um, for those who are not Catholic and I love all religions, this isn't to promote one other than the other. I'm just saying for me, you can give something up, but you can actually bring something in. It doesn't have to be a, I won't eat candy. Hmm. It can be, I will pray more or I will do things. So I go that route. It's, it's my way of, it's, it's a way of from me through my faith, I can become a better person. And so that's what I'm looking to do. So how am I going to do that? So getting back to your original question, Jason, sorry, that was like, no, that's okay. Long time ago. I'm (laughs) quote Jason Bateman. I'm going to try and land this plane, but (laughs) I, I'm trying to figure out how I can hit all of those in a day. And so I'm using this fresh start to, again, the, the emotional might just be using the, how we feel app and doing a check-in. I'm trying to build emotional granularity. And so for those of you that aren't familiar with the free, how we feel app, it's available on iOS and Android. It comes out of Yale center for emotional intelligence. There's a partnership with them and some others. And it's a really great way to build emotional granularity. So that could be my emotion check-in for the day. So just trying to get through all of those. And again, because I, I don't have a lot of days that look exactly the same just because mm-hmm. of when I'm traveling. And so when I'm at home mm-hmm. writing and doing other work, it's very different from when I'm on the road. So I'm trying to just make sure I hit all of those. Yeah, I would imagine that would be pretty difficult with a with a lifestyle where you're not consistent. Um, I, I struggle when we have winter break. And have two weeks off and I, I find it harder to work out and stay in a, in a pattern because everything's been disrupted. And and I love, I love routine. I go to bed at the same time every night I get up and say, I love routine. It, it really, it suits me well. So, so it's that's comforting, good. Hey, right? It is. It is very comforting. Okay. Well, we're going to talk about leadership. What, what does leadership mean to you? Um, you're obviously working with with people from all over the country, all over the world. Um, what does that mean to you? What does leadership mean to you? How, how do you build, sustain positive culture? Um, that type of stuff. What's your relationship well, with that? Yeah. And it, this is another one of those that I think it would change depending on what day you asked me. Okay. <laughs> so something that hit me recently, I, I have the, this was shout out another shout out to George Kuros, who, gosh, he has been such a positive impact in my life. 
He suggested the John C. Maxwell's Daily Reader. I have that by my nightstand. So I try and I don't get to it every day, but again, just consistently, it's maybe I don't make it into that, but I make it into something else. So reading before bed is a ritual I try and keep up. And talking about the position myth, the position myth being that a leader believes simply by the title that that's what makes them a leader. And really that is not what makes a leader, right? So Mm -hmm. to me, I'm trying to think about how do I have that influence that is gained naturally through building relationships. So to me, it's more about fostering a culture of continuous learning, of improvement, of gratitude. And what I really want, and I think this is difficult, especially I know it is for principals, I know it is for teachers, but it is so critical that everyone feels seen, heard, known, and valued Mm -hmm. in whatever way that's going to be. And I think back to my first years as a teacher, and I think about the times where I would have a student who probably was pretty good at doing what I asked them to do, and oh, kind of breaks my heart to even say it, but maybe they never heard their name that day because mm. they were just going along, doing what they were supposed to be mm-hmm. doing. And who's hearing their name? Someone who needs to be redirected. Someone who's mm-hmm. doing exactly like, Woo, love what you're doing. You're making my life easier, right? So I do think that that's a huge part of leadership is that you have to make sure that everyone feels seen, heard, known, and valued. And I think someone to look to on this, because he's been a really great inspiration for me, is Josh Stamper. And he Mm -hmm. wrote a story in Evolving with Gratitude that is so powerful, talking about it's, it's traditionally called the love languages, but um, that there was also a version for the workplace. And he's super intentional, honoring that everyone is unique and dynamic. So we don't just say, well, this person loves words of affirmation. They're getting words of affirmation all day long. Sure. Like Honoring that we might at different times want different things. And so mm-hmm. I, I really think that that's, you're going to have that influence, not by your job title, but by how you treat people and how you value what is unique about them. And I love, um, I had an opportunity to interview Jeff Cohen, the author of Belonging. He's a professor at Stanford. And he said, you know, one of the things that we have to appreciate about belonging isn't, it's not just that, hey, we're all alike. That's why we belong together. It's that we each serve as a unique piece in the puzzle. It's like, yes, there is a collective goal, but there's also an individual goal. And so I think about with principles and how does that play into when we're talking about professional learning? You know, how do we make sure that we have this overarching, this is our goal and this is what we're striving for. And I see you working towards that, but I also see you working towards this thing that you're bringing to our community. We would not have it without you. Well said. That is, yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> did you write that down? Or we can actually, we can play that one back. Right. So we'll, we'll be able to get that one. So yeah. I don't need to write that down. <laughs> How about, uh, you know, speaking of, Lainey, you, you talked a little bit about this. We've just got a few more questions here, but burnout. And we've touched on it a little bit on the show, but, you know, we hear so much about burnout and, you know, in the educational realm of things. I mean, that's what we hear about. I mean, our colleagues in the principal realm, there's, you know, every year there's principals that are leaving the profession we've got, you know, it's it, right now, you know, I've never been in a year where there I couldn't hire 
all my positions. I've never been, this is my first, this is the first year in my 27 years of doing this that I couldn't hire all my positions. I couldn't, I couldn't fill them all because there just wasn't people out there. So, and a lot of people are saying it's due, I mean, there, there's so much to it and, and there's layers to it. And I don't think we need to get into the layers of it, but burnout in general, what are, what's some advice you'd give to folks, leaders, principals, educators out there that are just, you know, they're fried. What, yeah. what would you say to them? I would say watch for this in yourself and in others. Overfunctioning. I think it's something mm. we don't necessarily hear about a lot, especially in education, because I think a lot of us tend to be overfunctioners. These are people who are constantly in overdrive. How can I be doing more? How can I get this done? What can I like? And I'm a I'm an efficiency nerd. Like I told you guys, foundation <laughs> bundling. How can I do two things at once? So overfunctioning <laughs> is something that I'm on red alert for myself because mm. not only do I have to be conscious that that could put me into burnout. The dark side of overfunctioning in addition to burnout is that in relationships, typically one person who's an overfunctioner kind of makes the other person an underfunctioner. It's mm-hmm. like, I can't even keep up with that person. So I'm not even going to try. And think about that in our learning spaces, right? If we've got a bunch of us that are just in overfunctioning mode, like that's really going to hit some other people. I can't even keep up with this. I don't want to be here because I can't even keep up with this. So this is just my observation. I don't have research to back this. This is in my conversations with leaders. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When I mention the word overfunctioning, a light bulb goes off. And mm-hmm. that, did that happen for you, Jason? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you're talking about simplifying things. You're talking about just, just. I mean, we talk about that, Jason, at work and with our team. We, we as a building, we, we, our goal is to try to simplify things for our staff. We, we, we don't want people feeling overrun with, with processes and, 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 um, um, tasks and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, yeah, but I mean, it's a goal thing, of ours. The challenge with overfunctioning is it's self-imposed. It's yeah. me. I can't stop doing it. I cannot right. feel still. I cannot, we're human doings instead of human beings when we're in overfunctioning mm-hmm. mode, right? How can I check something off the list? How can I get it? This is me talking about my experience and some of the reading that I've done, but I think that's where it's really hard to be present. And that's what gratitude helps with that. Gratitude helps you notice and really try and lean into that. That's why I, I can, I'll bring everything back to gratitude. Let's be real. But um, that's something that I'm trying to be more conscious of. How can I be more present? How can I stop being so worried about what's the next thing that I can check off yeah. my list? Yeah, and I yeah, think that... I think for me the challenge is that's great to be aware of that, but then uh, over here in this bucket, I've got all this stuff that I got to get done, <laughs> you know. And so I think that's that for me that's a that's a challenge. And not to dismiss that, it is a challenge. It's a hundred percent a challenge. It's, and I'm I'm saying like I'm going to start looking more into overfunctioning because it's something I'm struggling with. Yeah, mm-hmm. I want to be everything to everyone, and I just want it. And one thing that will help me out of it, maybe it's the Catholic guilt, but one thing that will help me out of that is thinking how it negatively impacts other people. So that's mm-hmm. usually one yeah. way I can try and course correct is that when I realize sure. it's, it's bad for me, whatever. But when it's bad for someone else, that's when I start to like, oh, okay, this is just for me. I'm not. I don't want to put this on anyone else. This is where I'm at right now. 
That's a good perspective. I like and it. the thing, I think that what I, what I really appreciate, Lainey, what you're talking about is when you talk about gratitude and you talk about being president, it's just, and there's so much research too on the whole uh, mindfulness piece. And, and Kevin and I have spent a lot of time on that. We're very, uh, we get an opportunity to spend time with mental health therapists here at HealthWise. And, mm-hmm. and so we've, we have worked on that. I've worked on that. That's been a, the gratitude practice, the mindfulness practice to me that there, that's intertwined in, in the practice of, of what I do. And I just think there there's so much, we, we spin. So we're always thinking about, you know, out here or we're worrying about the past, but it, it really, if you can just center in on just noticing and that, that word, I'm going to keep coming back to noticing and being intentional is so powerful and so impactful. And so I just, I hope people are out there hearing that, listening to that, understanding, just be, just be, just be where you're at right now. Be where your feet are. Feel your feet, right? Feel your breath, whatever that is. And be grateful that you're, dang it, you got a heartbeat right now. And how ironic is it we're talking about it on a podcast? Because as a podcast host, it is almost impossible just to be, right? Because you have right. to be trying to think ahead, behind, and on cue. Yeah. Like, it's so hard. But I, I will say, like, the best conversations I've had, I got a chance to talk to um, Roddy Devlukia Shetty last week. And... I, for some reason, was better than I normally am about just tuning in. It was the best conversation. Just like mm. I'm, I'm mm. so focused on that's you guys. Cool. That's, the, that's the joy of being the guest, right? Yeah. <laughs> a lot harder when you're the host, but I'm so tuned into you guys and I'm just having a great time. That's cool. That's fantastic. Do you want, Kevin, let's go, let's just really quick ask about some uh, role models, mentors, sure. maybe some leadership, and then you can, I'll let you land the plane, bro. <laughs> okay, I'll land the plane. <laughs> you go ahead with the role model. Uh, so Lainey, obviously there's a lot of people in your life, you know, maybe that have maybe tapped you on the shoulder, giving you the the push or people that have said, hey, um, you know, helped you out and inspired you to get you where you are. Maybe if you want to talk to, you know, who are those role models? Who are those mentors? And then also, I know you've named a lot of just different, um, you know, podcasts, but are there, you know, I'm going to I'm going to promote you. If you haven't listened to Evolving with Gratitude with Lainey, check out our podcast. It's fabulous. Uh, your books, check them out. And the thing I love about them is they're so just relevant and practical. Those are the things that I think about when I think of your books and your, your the strategies and, and, and what you do. But are there other the you know books or things out there that people that you would say, hey, go check these out because these, these might help you out too? Yeah. Well, I mean... So I am going to say that with role models, excuse me, role models and mentors, I mean, we've already mentioned George Kuros. I can't say his name enough. There were many before him, Steve Glyer, Mike Lawrence, Alan November, Christine Olmsted, um, Monique, who I write about and because of a teacher. And I also want to give a shout out to Stacey Ross Cohen, who is someone who we met through, and she emailed me, I think it was through LinkedIn that we connected. And she is the one who has pushed me to look for the universals and share with educators, but also in a broader sense. So she is the reason I'm writing for Ariana Huffington's Thrive Global. And it's been this beautiful experience where I get to connect with people who are not specific to education. Like I said, Roddy Devlukia Shetty and mm-hmm. a lot of the names that I mentioned earlier, uh, Bob Waldinger, who is on the podcast currently. There's so many of them. And then 
there's too many books to list, but I'm going to give some of my favorite podcasts because I feel like if people are listening to this podcast, they might like other podcasts. So first listen to two principles every time a new episode comes out. And then after you've gotten through the glorious two principles episode, then I would encourage you to check out Quick Brain with Jim Quick, the Happiness Lab with Laurie Santos, the Huberman Lab, Mel Robbins podcast, Science of Happiness from the Greater Good Science Center, um, on purpose with Jay Shetty. Like those are just some of the ones that I do that are not specific to education, but mm-hmm. to me, straight lines to education easily. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, those Absolutely. are all good ones. Those are good ones. And check out yours evolving with Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you. All right. No, seriously, you got to because I, I pick up like you said. There's there's just when you listen to like different podcasts or whatever, mm-hmm. and just different people that you have on. I love it just because there's something that I'm always going to get to. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, that those aha things. And I, especially with yours and, and the way that you uh, approach your podcast and, and do your podcast, Lena, there's always that, ah, yeah. So, well, you all are like, really nice to me. So, <laughs> thank you for having me. <laughs> Well, like I told you, we were pumped up to get, we were pumped up that that you're on the show. So Kevin, Hey, let's do, are you going to land this puppy? I'm landing it. I'm landing it right now. I don't know, man. This show did, did, I I might've been all over the place on the show. God dang it. You know, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, what is, what is one single piece of advice that you could give listeners that are looking to take a step in the right direction in their journey? Um, just in general, looking to improve their overall well-being. Yeah, just I would say one, one. Yeah, here's a little micro step that I would recommend, and that's just okay. start by noticing. If you can okay. get to the to notice, think, feel, and do, that's amazing. But even if you can just start to notice the good around you, that's wonderful. And if you want to take it to the next level, capture it through journaling, share it with other people. It is this pro-social pay-it-forward experience that I cannot tell you how, like, it's completely life-changing for me. And I'm, I'm, you know, again, we'll put the poll out there to see how grateful I was prior <laughs> to March 13th, 2020. I don't want to see the results, but uh, it has definitely been something that mm. has truly made a, a huge difference on my mental well-being, my physical well-being. I just can't say enough, like, I'm not even going to apologize for it. It's it's important. No, good. <laughs> good. Absolutely. Good. It's, it a is. Good, it's a good way to end. Lainey, thank you so much. Like you talk about gratitude. I'm, I'm feeling gratitude right now for you taking time out of your busy schedule. I know you are busy. You are doing all sorts of things. You are absolutely a bright light. Um, and yeah, I, I love the space that you're in and the, 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 the arena that you're, you're, you're sending your message from and, and, um, just all the good that you're doing. You can tell, you can tell, I don't think you have an ungrateful bone in your body. <laughs> I can tell. So, um, very much appreciate with my family, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. We very much appreciate you sitting down with us. It's been awesome. Thank you so much. This has been pure joy. Appreciate you both. So Lainey, when you, um, we'll put this in the show notes as well too, but where can people, if they want to connect with you, where's the, if they want to say, Hey, I want to get in contact with Lainey. Cause I don't, whatever it is, if it's your book, if it's your pod, if it's your, maybe they want to consult with you, where can they get a hold of you? 
Yeah, thank you for asking. So it's Lainey Rowell across the web, um, which sounds like super easy, except they're both really hard to spell. So L-A-I-N-I-E and Rowell, R-O-W-E-L-L. So Lainey Rowell across the web, you can go to LaineyRowell.com. I spend most of my time on Instagram, but I'm also on, I don't want to offend anyone, Twitter, X, call it whatever you want. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm in most of the spaces. I tend to be more on Instagram and then the books are on Amazon. And I would love to come out and work with you at your site. So please just reach out, Lainey Rowell at Gmail. That'll work too. That's awesome. Lainey, like Kevin said, just grateful for your time and just the, the spark, the inspiration, the impact that you have on others. And for you to sit down with just two everyday principles. A couple and, and of just, bozos. A couple, I mean, just seriously, I just, just so much gratitude. And our hope too, like we say at the very beginning, what we're trying to do is just spread good out in the universe. And that's what I see you. And that's when I, that, I think that's what, it, that's what, um, you know, brought me to like your stuff is just always like the, the good that you're putting out and the, it's just, like I said, it, it shines so bright through and so grateful for your time today. Grateful for you. Continue to do what you're doing. If people have not checked you out, please go check out Lainey. She's fabulous. Grateful for this. Kevin, you know what? I've had a blast today, pal. I have too. I, you've, done, you've actually done really well today. I struggled a little bit. <laughs> I maybe felt like it was I, I was nervous. I, maybe I, I was nervous. I'm so, you all are, you both are crushing it. Thank you for doing the podcast. Thank you for all the greatness you're putting out. I follow you guys on the social. You're doing so much good. Well, thank you for that. Appreciate it. Well, everybody, we appreciate you checking us out today. Thanks for hanging out with the two principals. And as we continue on our journey, we hope you are on your journey as well. One step at a time, one conversation at a time.